0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: All right. Welcome to Unashamed. We realized this will air uh, later, but uh, I did wear my red today because it's, it's, oh, whose phone is that? That's me. I'm sorry. Um, it, it is Valentine's Day. And that was my Valentine, So I guess you could interrupt. Um, we, uh, it is Valentine's Day. And so we all have a different, and Zach is back. Zach, welcome back. I'm back. We do appreciate you back. uh sitting out the most difficult pass one of the most difficult passages in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, he he had was, some important uh, meetings while we were dealing with first Peter three. Like, wow. Where are y'all
2: at? First Peter three eighteen <laughs> yeah. through
1: four, six no nope, with a whole chapter, you know, because we got the wives and the husbands. It was a like, I missed I miss
3: out on all that. I missed like, out on all but you know, George Bush said, What do you call it? Strategery. It's my, that's my strategy. <laughs> Well, we so, you, you did send your much better half.
1: That, by the way, Unashamed Nation is now coming out in droves saying, forget Zach, just have Jill on the podcast. Poor Jill. Sorry, Zach. She, Jill uh, has outshone you yet again. I can't say too no. much because they also said the same thing
3: about Missy, so I'm told. So. Oh, let's be honest. It'd be a much better podcast if it was our four wives, but that's that, 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 that's a fact. Yeah, so what but, a, one of our what?
1: producers it, says, "As soon as the podcast was over, because we, we did two, she looks at me and she says, ooh, unashamed wives podcast.'" You know, I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've thought of that." So, yeah, so that'd be a good idea. It's Valentine's Day here. We're recording, and I was just going to record a little bit later, but I so I wanted to say, I want to kind of see how what our approach is now. For me, it's a big day. I'm wearing a red shirt. I got a hot date tonight with my Valentine. It's a big deal in my home. And it always has been. My daughter's here on set. And so I had two girls. And so I always made a big deal, not just for Lisa, but for the girls. And so I would like buy decorations and cook dinner and serve them and have candlelight dinner. And since I had girls in my house, I wanted it to be a big deal. And now she does that with her family. She and her husband, they make it a family thing. So it's always been a big deal at my house. And I realized It's commercialized. I get all the arguments. Some people don't get into it. I understand. I'm not saying you have to do it. But I do want to kind of get everybody's opinion about Valentine's Day. And I have a picture here. Dad, I wanted to show this to you because I don't know if you've seen it. And so apparently you had a big Valentine's gift to Mom. And so here's a picture that I was sent yesterday. Mom, and we're going to show this because I sent it to to Madison.
2: This is from Phil?
1: This is from Phil. To mom. I'm sure by way of emissary, you, you didn't actually go shopping to buy these balloons. Hey,
0: you went and did this? Oh, everybody calm down. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't see my woman for the balloons. The balloons were brought in by one Dan Stevenson who works for us. Okay. Better known as the Eunuch. Okay. So I would just simply uh, interject one little text. I checked I checked <laughs> the Bible from cover to cover and I didn't come up with Valentine. <laughs> Valentine Day, Mr. Valentine, no. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival. I would say possibly. Maybe. Uh they the, do say Saint Valentine's, okay. Saint Valentine's. So in Colossians two, here, right? here's uh, the, the Apostle Paul or with regard to a religious festival, which seems to be a Valentine's type day, a new moon celebration. That's one that I'm not familiar with or a Sabbath day that I am. They are, these things are a shadow uh, uh, of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So I think he's saying if you get wrapped up in a lot of religious festivals and all, you possibly could, could, could miss the reality of God becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried and raised from the dead. Don't wanna miss Jesus. We Don't be it. overcome. Uh, do not let anyone who delights in false humility for whatever reason and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Uh, they go into great detail about what they've seen on the spiritual mind. There are some people who have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you dive with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why as though you still belong to it, that you submit to its rules and whatever, don't handle, don't touch, don't taste, don't touch. They're all destined to be, be gone, and they're based on human commands and teachings. And there is such regulations, and indeed have an appearance of wisdom, with in lieu of watching Valentine's Valentine Day, self-imposed worship, false humility, harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. That's just a little read from Colossians okay. <coughs> on how we're to view. Various religious festivals that might pop up, because there's quite a few of them if you go across Christianity, through the length of time that we've all been here. So I'm just saying, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the reality is found in Jesus. Don't miss the fact. In lieu of Mr. Valentine or anybody else, I think he was a. Well, uh, I think he was a follower of Jesus, and I think that he was lifted up. Maybe a little bit high, so. I've looked it up.
2: The origin of Valentine's Day. So St. Valentine was a clergyman, either a priest or a bishop, in the Roman Empire.
0: Yeah, so Mm. we're going back. Okay,
1: Roman Empire.
2: Uh, Who ministered? Jesus. Who ministered to persecuted Christians. Ooh, like that. He was martyred and his body buried in the Via Flaminia. But let's, let's
3: not let's let's not get off on what Phil's saying here, though. I mean, this is great news for those of us who often forget how, to get their wife a present on Valentine's Day, and if they ever get mad, you just go to Colossians chapter two and say, "You can't judge me. Don't let anyone." So this is this is a way out. This is uh, Colossians two is the escape hatch. If you forget, <sighs> I, don't, I
2: don't think that's going to work.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not going to try, but I mean, I'm but. <laughs> If somebody wants to try it, I would like to know if that works. Just quote Colossians two on them; that'd be good.
1: Yeah, this is, this just is, thought
2: I thought it was interesting that this guy was actually a good guy, a, a Christian. Yeah,
1: I mean, of course, it says now it's more it, of just a cultural celebration. Sure. Well, look, it's like any other of the holidays that had a root in something spiritual or good. It becomes commercial, and I get why people
0: don't make a big. If it beep. was possible that you could get, uh, uh, maybe wrongly develop uh, a belief for someone other than Jesus, you might you might bring well, in Mister Valentine and you say, "Let's celebrate Mister Valentine because he went through, he was persecuted." Yeah. And, and killed, I guess, is the, is the...
1: Well, and let's face it, most times now it's about love. And, and yeah. obviously from this picture, your wife, my mother, Miss Kay, was enjoying the moment of all these balloons. I do think it's interesting So those, those of you that... I wouldn't jump up and go to hollering about the Those balloons. of you that watch the podcast, you'll be able to get a look at this picture. If you look in the very corner of it, you'll see Dad looking, I'm guessing, at the TV, not seeming to revel in the moment as much as Mom is. So I, I thought that was interesting. I
0: wouldn't jump up and make an issue out of this. Yeah. I wouldn't make an issue. So, Jay, so you got big plans for?
2: Well, uh, usually you we. That production, we, you know. know. Yeah, usually I get her flowers. or But, you know, at this, you know, the last few days we've been preoccupied. Yeah, you a lot had, going had had on. So I think we've just agreed to agree that we love each other, and maybe we'll do better next Valentine's Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this Valentine's Day was more of a fiery trial of
2: uh. Big loving that,
0: towards uh, your woman is a good thing. So it's a good thing.
1: It's not. It's not, so, it's always good to be remembered, whatever the occasion. I
2: think one when you have a week like we've had, you just the love is. Experience rest at, at a yeah at a
0: higher level. You you're just you
2: did this together and you got through yeah. something. I yeah, think yeah. Saint
0: Valentine would not have wanted people to worship him. No, you know. what well, not no. if he was a martyr who
1: yeah. who looked after persecuted saints for sure. I'm also. But it's not bad to have something named. I'm it. also. I find this interesting that well
2: a, a legend states that he defiled the emperor's orders, which I guess is why he was killed. Yep. And secretly married couples to spare the husbands from war. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was the. Oh, that's what can,
1: That's where the love thing came from. Yeah. So, the who knows? I, I didn't know this. Interesting, Zach. You what? What about you and Jill? Do you do you guys uh, do something special on Valentine's Day, or do you have? I mean, a tr- I've been known to forget. Tradition, but
3: we well uh, kind of no, like you do podcasts. Really. Um. <laughs> well, just <laughs> easily I other, forgotten well i was just trying to move the whole train yeah I did the whole thing along we 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 actually been editing phil's film but you know i don't want to be like do this whole shameless plug thing uh, so yeah. i won't i won't do that but uh so that that's where i've been um i knew you didn't want to do a
2: shameless plug uh, shameless plug. When I looked over your left shoulder and saw uh the what is that thing called uh <laughs> oh, the the
1: sticks uh, the sticks, like the the sticks for the movie they, yeah.
3: Yeah. The yeah. yeah the sticks I mean, that says the blind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, now we don't have to say it anymore. But anyway, I don't know Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Okay. not going there. Um, but no, but uh, um, what was the question? Uh, do, you know, jail, you,
1: do you guys yeah. do? Something? I mean,
3: I got her, Look, I got up early this morning. Um, I drove to the grocery store down the road. I waited till, for it to open before Jill got up. I got her some flowers, had those ready. Um, what else did I do? We're going on a date tonight. Yeah, well, which is actually a, we're actually going to the Cove. Uh, which is the uh you've been there, Al, right? The Billy Graham Association, yeah, the Cove yeah. here in Swananoa. I love it. Uh, and yeah, she's been going to a Bible study there on the Book of Acts. It's just for women. And they, so they, they've planned that on tonight, Valentine's, they're going to, everybody's going to invite their husbands. So we're actually doing dinner and the Bible study. So
1: our old friend, Will, Will Graham, uh, runs the Cove. And they, it's a great, it's beautiful. It's right there in the mountains, uh, just below Zach there in Swananoa. And, uh, they have a beautiful like facility there, and and cabins up in the mountains, and they do retreats there and Bible study, um, yeah, uh, deals, and it's really nice. And we, at least, I've been there several times. Will and those guys do a great job. Um, that's oh, that's great. I mean, that's, remember that time they had that event for Sadie?
2: It was a women's event. And there were only two guys there, me and you. That. <laughs>
3: The two people that event. didn't get the memo. <laughs> me. me and Jace up there holding down the fort. I yeah. was feeling really nervous. That I thought Zach and I thought,
2: well, okay. Was, at least yeah, Jace,
3: Jace walked in like a deer in the headlights. He's like, what have I walked into? And so he turns the corner and he just it, our eyes connected. He was like, he just locked in. That was funny. No, all
2: the, the other guy. Well, Missy didn't tell me because she's like, well, we're family. You're right. family, so that doesn't apply. I was like, where's that written? Yeah. <laughs> women only women only <laughs>
1: Now I went to a that reminds me Lisa and I spoke at a at a women's thing that they do in Mackinac Island Michigan and it's this beautiful island that's in Lake Michigan literally in Lake Michigan and we went up and spoke and it was a ladies uh, event but they did back to back to back the place would only hold a thousand women. Was it on a boat or something? The boat went out to it. It it took you like- Oh, it's an island. It's an island. island. So it takes you like 45-minute boat ride to get out to this place. It's beautiful. This is hotel big. It's called the Grand Hotel up on top of this island. The hotel's been there 150 years. And so there's a 1,000 women times three. They're there like 24 hours in three times. And so we spoke two or three times during the course of this three days And it was a 1,000 women every time. It was the most energetic, enthusiastic group of people I've ever spoken to. These women were fired up. And it was me. I was the first man that's ever spoken at the conference with Lisa. And then there was this other lady that spoke, her husband. So it was just like you and Zach. It was two men and 3,000 women. On an island. On an island. And so I came out, my opening line, I came up with this on my own Dad, I came out and I said... I know nobody here can relate to this except this guy right here. (laughs) And I pointed at him. He was sitting there, this this woman's husband. I said, have you ever felt like a drop of testosterone in an ocean of estrogen? Of course, Mm -hmm. the women laughed, (laughs) and then we were off and running. So that was my... I wouldn't even have known what any of those were. Yeah, those are big words. I would have gone with, there's a
2: thin line between Lake Michigan and Alcatraz. (laughs) That's a pretty good one.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't have laughed. They wouldn't have laughed. Right? That's the difference, guys. I knew that. I knew how to get them. <laughs> that's the difference. But really, that's to making them laugh and yeah. offending them right off the bat. Some marriages yeah.
2: flourish, and some feel more like a prison.
1: That's so. right. That's exactly right. So anyway, it's it's after Valentine's Day, but since it is for us here, we thought we'd open. Well,
3: I heard room. you guys had a couple good episodes. i um I went back and watched the one on. Uh, a marriage and
1: with the wife, a lot of
3: good feet. Yeah. So apparently so I was going really well. to ask you
1: about that. Hang on. Let's take a break.
2: What was your opinion of that? I've never listened to one of our podcasts. I, I just can't <laughs> do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, what was the feedback? Yeah. Did people like it? Did people? and
2: Yeah. It?
3: They liked a lot. There was one comment that I, that someone who, um, is a big supporter of our podcast that made that I thought was interesting, but she said, you know, it was hard for her to watch it cause she didn't grow up in a, um, well, she did, she wasn't a Christian until you know, after she went through a, a lot of marital problems and had, you know, had issues and something. And it's just like, I think she felt a little bit like, man, it was, it was hard for her to watch it. But I, you know, I think that the thing about it is, is that like, to me, if you hear everybody's stories in marriage, like nobody's got it together. Uh, you know, everybody's coming to the party with a ton of baggage, you know, and there's a people that have had broken marriages and things like that. But, you know, there's always hope in Jesus. I hope that's what most people got out of it. I think that is what most people got out of uh, the conversation. Um, you know, Jill had mentioned, you know, Missy and Jace's comments and uh, I, about the um, you know marriage night. And she said, "I want I want my boys to watch this. You know what I mean? It's like this is you need to understand what real intimacy looks like. And um, I think that's hard for a lot of people to get. It's hard for me to get because I didn't, you know, we I wasn't necessarily pure going into marriage, and uh, it's hard. It's hard to understand a relationship where performance is not the metrics of success. You know what I mean? But that's real intimacy is not performative. It's it's much more about being present. And, well, it was um, kind
1: of interesting, Zach, so, because uh, Lisa and I were tasked with speaking on physical intimacy at our marriage refresh this past weekend yeah. which was which was a few days after that those podcasts that we recorded. and um, and so a lot of what was said on the podcast kind of got us started into our you know preparation for the for the retreat, the refresh. and, and we started with that because my approach was our approach was, was we talked about the ideal intimacy in the Bible, and you've talked about this a lot from Genesis 2, you know, 24 and 25, and then you get into the real and the surreal, You know, when sin yeah. enters the picture, and then how yeah. quickly it goes off the rails, right? By the time you get into Genesis 4, 5, and 6, and you see that kind of fig leaf mentality, and as it goes forward, the whole, all of humanity falls off the deep end, just in a few short generations. And, and it goes from what started out as just shame you know, from evil, from the introduction of evil into just pure violence and wickedness. That's and so, why
0: I no matter what you're listening to or whatever kind of days they come up with and uh, these acts of worship, the bottom line is the Apostle Paul in that Colossians text, the reality is found in Christ. You just can't miss that. Right. The reality is found right there. Right. You know, the ones who remove their sin put us under grace, and raise us from the dead.
1: Yeah, so what we did was we, we painted a picture, because you got a lot of people at a, in, a, in the case of people we were speaking to that came into their marriage not in, from an ideal perspective, but from a very surreal perspective, which Lisa and I did as well, where you had a lot of bad baggage and situations going in. So then you have to work it backwards. Yep. The only way you can... Uh, the only way you can be repaired and restored is through what Christ has done. Yep. And so when you, so you work your way back to the ideal and Christ is the only one that yeah. can do that, you know? So the idea is, so instead of going ideal to real to surreal, you go the other direction and then you get back to an ideal by what Christ restores in us. And so that's kind of how we painted our picture for, for physical intimacy
3: in a relationship. Yeah. Cause you, you if you think about the, most marriages that have major problems and I look back at my own marriage, like when I, when, at the times when I'm like, man, we got where I felt like there was major problems. I mean, I know it's relative, but I felt like it, there was major problems and it was predicated in my situation. And most of the people that we've worked with, met with over the years, it was predicated on unnecessary shame. It was, it was the shame that was a result of, of a, I have an expectation of performance in whatever area. A lot of times it's sexual performance. I mean, that's a big deal just because the culture around us and ev- I mean, it's, it's just always telling you that to be your most authentic self is to be your most uh, sexually free or ex- uh, you can express yourself sexually. So this is like reinforced at every turn in, in culture. So you begin to associate your identity with your sexuality and and your uh, performance in that but the problem is, is when you fail to perform or if um, or if someone else fails to perform in the way that you expect them to, then there's that brokenness and then there's that shame and then there's that covering and then there's that hiding and then there's the whole thing because it's built on like a transaction and you're not meeting up to your transaction. But to Phil's point in Colossians 2, when we say that when Paul says that the reality is found in Christ, you got to keep in mind what he's talking about there is, He's he's laying out first of all like this legalism, right? You got to do all these things. You got to adhere to these religious festivals. You got to have you got to do all the things. Yep. And Paul's like, no, don't let anyone judge you on that. He says he says the reality is found in Christ, and so then he exalts Christ. Well, what is Christ? What do we mean when we say the reality is in Christ? Well, Christ is the incarnation of God, meaning that that, that it is God uh, Emmanuel, God with us, God's present with us which is the core of intimacy is, is this idea of presence that I'm here and I'm, I'm here no matter what, like like God came to humanity while we were enemies, Paul says in Romans five, while we were hostile to the cross, while, while we were hostile to God, while we were enemies, while we were sinners, this is when God was present. This is when God came to be with man and was with us. And if, if you could embody that in a relationship in your marriage, then what you're going to find is is real lasting intimacy because it's not based on performance, you know, which is the whole Paul's point in Ephesians five, you know, hu- husbands love your wives as Christ loved his church and laid himself down for her. mean, right. that's, the, that's intimacy. And I just think that so often so many young people go into marriage with, particularly with the physical stuff in mind, and they're expecting this physical well, there, we we preach it in the church too. It's like a it's like a form of the prosperity gospel, you know. Like wait until you get married to have sex, and then you do, and it's going to be fireworks. And sometimes it's not, you know, when your kids are throwing up and you know, there's diarrhea everywhere, dirty diapers. That, that does put a hamper on the sex game,
2: or when you're and, throwing you know, up or diarrhea <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, I, even worse well we even, we even talked about
1: BO or you know we've we've even talked about in uh, and it was Jay's mentioned this a minute ago with the with their scenario of their situation with the for the past few days but how when you as you run through the seasons of life typically and you get healthier and healthier in all areas of intimacy and we're talking about emotional uh, intimacy, along with spiritual and physical, how when they blend together, and Dad mentions this a lot. As you get older, it's much less about just sex. It be, it encompasses the whole relationship. It's being together, and so Jace was mentioning that about spending a weekend of going through a trial. With a situation where then it's not just about some romantic evening; it's about what yeah, we've yeah. gone through together as a couple. It's I, much bigger than just one evening or one. Well, I'll again. clarify that because it's
2: been a year, and uh, I made the statement, and because I I told someone in Missy's presence that this was the toughest year that I had ever spent it of, of dealing with this situation. And Missy said, "When when you said that, she told me this last night." She. She was like, I thought, what's he talking about? And she said, I got to thinking about it. And I thought, he's right. This is, I mean, and we're talking about, we're, you know, we have a girl who had special needs and surgeries and just the drama and everything involved. And so it kind of culminated this past week. And we, and we feel good about it moving forward. But what I, my point is, because even in Peter, because I, I just, I, I started thinking it's not an accident that I happened to be studying First Peter while we're going through this, and this has really spoke to my heart in powerful ways, and you know, he mentioned in chapter one where he said about these trials coming up, but it's really deeper than trials. Uh, verse seven says of chapter one, "These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and result in praise, glory, and honor." when Jesus is revealed, and he brings it up again in chapter four where we're at. Uh, the NIV, uh, in my opinion, has a terrible translation on uh, verse 12, because he uses the same word for fire in verse 12, don't yeah. be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Yeah, you are, uh, you are suffering as though something strange. So he keeps coming back to that, and you think, well, what's the deal? When you think about what fire does, because we've been in the fire, this has been a trial. Yeah. And a lot of the the uh, the trial part of it was was not up to us. It was just outside. You're dealing with different agencies and programs, and you got multiple people involved, and the just the drama of an innocent baby, and you know emotions run high automatically, and so. But what you realize is that that fire that refines you know it can do one or two things when you when you put like a rock it, it if it's just all dross I think is the word it just would incinerate yeah but that gold actually is the metal refines
1: where you can it takes out see the an imperfection image, that's right and it makes it it makes it even more bad
3: i think uh, this is the thing a lot of our Obsession with you know sensualities and and the these are these are luxuries, right? A lot of things we're talking about even in culture today, or we get to the whole like uh, quote unquote culture war and we're talking about all the shenanigans that go around with all that. Most of that stuff that we're arguing about are it's like a luxury to be able to argue about that because if you're in a position of suffering. Then all this stuff gets burned up, you know, the, the drunkenness, the carousing, the sensuality, the lust, the drinking parties. I mean, you think about the I mean, when I hear it, when I read that, I'm thinking this is like the roaring 20s, right? I mean, this is when money was just flowing freely. There's just excess everywhere. It's just a big party. And then what happened? 1929, the Great Depression, the stock market collapses and this stuff all got eaten up in the fire. You know, so I think that like what do you do in your life when when cuz cuz suffering is coming. I mean, th- like you can't get around it. And at some point you get sick and you and you die. I mean, that's a reality. And so it, I think what suffering allows us even in like times like what you're going through Jason and we've gone through some similar things is is in, it's that refiner's fire cuz it's it's putting the things that matter in perspective and the things that we have elevated to the position of god that we're worshiping that aren't god that can never deliver us. And in fact, they just send us into further despair. Like those things are almost, it's like the fire burns that away because you're looking at it, you're like, that's not going to fulfill anybody. You know what I mean?
0: I think the reading with the most power in my mind is in Romans chapter two. Check this out. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, this is God toward us. He's kind, tolerant, patience not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. And here's the kicker on all this. But because of your stubbornness, humanity, and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. He's coming back on all this. God will give to each person according to what he's done for those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. That's everybody. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. I, I make it a policy to always remember that because one, it's scary, but Human beings can get pretty stubborn, Zach. And they can, yeah, they can hold on to things that don't amount to a hill hill of beans. And God's been very kind to say, "I love you, and I'm going to save you," even with your stubbornness and unrepentant hearts. I'm trying to get you to see that justice is coming, and the end is always coming. That's
2: why He lets us go through trials, Romans two, suffering.
0: That's Romans chapter two. Which it always is. Well, if if, got if, if you attention. back up, if you back up a little bit in
3: Romans, when when he describes the wrath of God that's being revealed against all the wickedness and godlessness, when he when he describes what that is, it's simply God leaving you to to yourself. It's God removing His presence, and so when you move into First uh, Peter chapter four you it's, it, so cuz we why do we do that a lot of times we we do these things because we want to avoid suffering in our life so we're doing the things that would numb us from the reality that there is suffering but but the godly perspective the biblical perspective is that we actually lean into the suffering and into that suffering we're connected with Christ you know if if we are connecting with him so it says uh, therefore verse 1 since Christ has suffered cuz he certainly did suffer in the flesh Um, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. So we're connecting with the same type of suffering that Christ endured because he who has suffered. So here's the reason why we do it. uh, He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And I love that translation because a lot of times we say, oh, we're not to live in the flesh. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I am in the flesh. I'm in my, I live in a body right now. It's it's what is the aim and the end of my living in the flesh? Is it to obey the, the, the lust of my, of my sinful nature, the lust of men, or is it to live for the will of God? And I think that's the alignment that he is, is calling us to is Watch, to align that's, ourselves. That's Romans with two his will.
0: That's Romans two again. But if the that. fire, yes, yeah.
2: if the fire is causing sufferings though, then it really in practical terms, it, it lets you see what you're trusting in. Now, I heard somebody say that when you run upon somebody that says life has no meaning, or you know life is meaningless. I mean, you got a whole book Ecclesiastes. What has happened? What has happened is whatever they put their trust in is dead. Yep. And, and it's a blanket statement, but it's a true statement. When you feel hopeless and life is meaningless. Whatever you put your hope in, it it did it couldn't take the heat and it's dead. And so that's really what the fire refining does. I wanted to read uh you know, the one of the most famous passages in the Bible, probably in the top ten, right behind John three sixteen, that people read just as an altar call is Revelation three twenty when We're he gonna, says we read that,
1: let's take a break.
2: In Revelation three twenty, it says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. But when you look at the context of that, this is the, the letter that Jesus wrote in verse 15. He said, I know your deeds, you're neither cold nor hot, I wish you were one or the other. Because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. In verse 17, you say I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now watch what he says in 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes. So you can see those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Well, then he says that. And then in verse 21, he says to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on the throne. I mean, there's going to be fire and
3: it, and it's good because it sees where your trust lies. Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say, you know, it's, this doesn't make any sense what we're saying or what not. We're not saying this, what, what Peter and the apostle Paul are saying. It makes no sense unless you, you have to have one word that, that pulls this together. When you talk about suffering, it, it makes no sense unless you, if, unless you grasp the word resurrection, because there's always a resurrection out of this. And that's the hope that we're kind of hanging on to. So you already go back, back up to the end of chapter three. Then he talks about baptism What does he say? He says, of course, the waters of Noah corresponds to that baptism, which now saves you. But it's not the removal of dirt from the flesh. It's not the you know, it's not the water that saves you, but an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when when you think even what baptism is Romans six and all that, it's like, it's, it's, it's like we're connecting with Christ in baptism, meaning that we're dying to self and we're being raised to live a new life. Even that Romans uh, at the end of Romans six, we become slaves to God. We become slaves to righteousness. And I think that's, that's the dichotomy there that it's, we, I think what we're trying to explain and it's hard to get as, as, as humans that, man, suffering just seems miserable, right? Why would I want to do that? Well, if you don't understand the the biblical narrative of creation, fall, redemption, restoration, like there is a resurrection. Like it's not, you don't just sit in it. You don't just sit in your suffering. God's raising you up to live a new life that's being connected now with the will of God, which happens to be, by the way, the thing that Phil mentioned in Romans 2. That's where you get your peace of mind from.
0: By you get your way, peace of mind it,
3: from being connected with him.
0: That last little statement in in uh, that Peter made in first first Peter uh, three there. Uh baptism saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven. He's there 24 7, not counting your sins against you. He's at God's right hand, mediating for us to keep us cleansed we're under grace not law with angels authorities and powers in submission to him well if that's the case you better be submissive to him too that's all i got to say
3: yeah and you think of, think of the question how like how does how does baptism what does that mean that saves you by the resurrection what what it means is is that if i come to god as i am and i say god And I lift up my hands and I got all my stuff in there and I'm like, give me what I deserve. Give me what I've earned. If I, if I come in that way, then the answer is going to be, all right, I'm going to just kill you because you deserve death because we bring nothing to the table. And so the reason why, why the why we have to be connected with his resurrection is because I can't come to God as I am. People say, come as you are. Well, you come as you are, but you better not stay as you are or you're not going to – he's not going to let you, you – you don't bring anything to the table. You have to get somehow connected to his righteousness. And so if you read Romans 6, it, it explains it perfectly. That we are united with Christ in His death and His burial and His resurrection, so that we may live a new life. So now that when I come before God with the, I'm, what did I come for? I came, I came seeking a clean conscience. So I come to God. I said, "Man, I want to, I want my conscience to be clean." Well, Problem is, saying. if I'm boot, if I bootstrap myself up, I can't. My conscience isn't clean because I know what I've done. But but if I'm connected with the resurrection of Christ, now I can come to God the Father and say, "God, I'm clean," not because of what I've done but because of the finished work of Christ, and I've been raised with him. So when you move into Romans, I mean, uh, 1 Peter 4, that, that word is therefore, because what we just said, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. The, all of this was made possible by the suffering of Christ. All The, the entire inclusion of the Gentiles, which is mentioned in here, the, our whole, every, everything, all of it. Was made possible through the suffering of Christ, but it wasn't just a suffering. It was the suffering that led to a death that resulted in a resurrection of the dead. That's and that's Romans, that's the, Romans that's the chapter thing.
0: two all over again, you know. Live the rest of his life. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. It's a it's a great change in a human being. For I'm sure. just glad it's available.
2: But you're not going to have that clarity when you're on vacation. I mean, the <laughs> you know that's why the trouble comes. I've been hanging out in in Jeremiah too a lot. I did that last podcast about the broken cisterns and all. But there's another interesting pa- uh, passage here. I mean, this was the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah, who was persecuted just at at nauseum for years and, years and years and years and years, and no one would respond. And so the word of the Lord came to him in verse 27, and he said, they say to wood, you are my father. They say to a rock or a stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they're in trouble, they say, come and save us. Yep. Where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you are in trouble. But you have as many gods as you have towns. And it's just it's really goes in with what we're talking about here. Yep. When you're comfortable and you have accolades and your accomplishments and you you start thinking that there's something to it, when you start thinking about a fire purifying what's yeah. important and you go through trouble, all of a sudden all these things start crumbling. Yep. and you're you become depressed or bitter I mean because there's really only two ways to handle these trials you're either mad and bitter or you look to the Lord because you realize yep you know we 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 can't do this
1: it, it reminded me it reminded me Jason that Jeremiah passage at that period of time I think it may have been the judges. Where uh, when the Ark of the Covenant would go in, and somebody had captured it, and uh, they they took it in, and they, there was this other false god, and I think his name was Dagon, D a g o n. But anyway, you can look it up. And uh, they would put put the Ark of the Covenant, bef, you know, before this this false god. It was a little wooden thing they had carved out. These people that had captured the Ark, and every day they would come in and it'd be on the floor bowing down back to the Ark of the Covenant. It was just happened supernaturally overnight, and finally they kept putting it back in its place, and finally they came back one day, it was just broken into pieces. And I thought, you know, you, you don't want to have to have a God that you have to nail down huh. to be able to serve. That tells you all you need to know about serving gods that you come up with yourself
0: yeah. versus yeah. the
1: Almighty. And, and it was just a great
0: illustration.
2: You think about all other gods and religions, they just basically say you know, do good or suffer the consequences, you know, follow the law. What? Here's your manuscript. And you think about what God did in Jesus. Well, he submitted himself and suffered for us and showed us the example and the true uh, reason for why we suffer and why we submit. And when you look at what happened in his scheme of redemption, and all the benefits that came from that, well, where are you going to find that in any other religion? Everything else not. is you, You, if you respond correctly, you might make it.
3: And if you don't, yeah, what you, you won't. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a great uh, tool, what you just mentioned, thinking about these cisterns, these broken cisterns, and you think about... What what can they actually hold? You know what I mean, and and yeah. it's a a good technique, I think, and a good apologetic. There's a term in um, logic called reductio ad absurdum. Here's a big word for the day, which oh basically goodness. means you,
2: that was not you a word. You, Hang on, time out. That was a phrase.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was not a word. A okay, good point.
2: It's use a it. phrase. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I won't use it in a sentence, but I'll explain it. It's okay. it, you take it, it's a tool that you basically take an argument. And then you push it to the extreme to see if it holds, or or you take the opposite of what you're saying, and and then you you push it out to see if it holds, and if it doesn't hold, then then you're like they can't be logical. And what so, what was you, the phrase could,
2: again? For for us, uh, reductio
3: ad absurdum, or argumentum ab, I think it's also called uh, um, argumentum absurdum. Um, it's so you it, you're making these like ridiculous. You're pushing <laughs> things to the end. So, but but no, but, 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 but take what you said for, for example. Take this broken cistern. How <laughs> we went off before, the rails. you
1: make the point.
3: I know. How I long I did it take
2: that. you to practice that? I would have if, if I was ever well, going to drop well, that in a conversation. A couple of
1: weeks to, off to
3: work on something. Are, Are you off?
2: driving down the road, looking in the <laughs> rearview mirror, it's saying "audio magis certum"? <laughs>
3: Well, I did get one. a, my sister, my sister took a screenshot. I'm not going to even send it to you cause you'll <laughs> love it, but it's, uh, it's somebody that put something on the unashamed Facebook page there that, 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 that is basically making fun of me and siding with it's a meme. I'm not going to send it to you, but you would, <laughs> you would have loved it. And, uh, and I thought, man, I'm glad Jace doesn't look on this page cause he would eat this <laughs> up, but, well, um, let me read it the was, Jeremiah t
2: thirteen uh, that I read last podcast about that. He, he said, "My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, which you know reminds you of what Jesus said and did in, in John four with the woman at the well, and and then it says they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns." Broken cisterns that cannot hold water.
3: Yeah. So think about all of the things that we elevate to these positions of of God in our life. I mean, when first Peter mentions a, a few of them, sensuality, um, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, abdominal, uh, uh, adon- uh, abominable idolatries. These are things that we hold up that we think can sustain us. I would add in there politics in two thousand twenty three, um, <laughs> uh, um, gender ideology, whatever the thing is, right? Even church, even good things like they. But can these things really bear the weight of your soul? Can these things really bear? If you put everything on them, everything I just take whatever the one thing. This I'm going to put all the reality. Everything is going to be on this. They thing. all die. They all die. They, they all f- crumble. They can't hold the water. That's the problem. They can't hold it. Which is what Jesus kind of alluded to when he said, "Hey, look, I'm bringing some new wine, but you gotta be careful if you put them in your your old wine skins. Because what happens if you put them in there? They won't hold it. You gotta have a new wine skin. You gotta have a new cistern. You gotta have a new pillar. You gotta have a new foundation. Jesus, the cornerstone. Man, that that's how you can push through these things and think, man, is this really will this really deliver? So whatever your thing is that you're kind of like like tempted with, or your whatever your default is." Just just run that to, to its end and say, can this really hold the weight of everything? And the answer is always no. It cannot hold the weight of, of in fact, it exactly. can hold the weight of hardly anything.
2: I think that's why he says that in First Peter 4, 1, where he says, "You know, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. Because you, when you think about the consequences of suffering, it's actually a positive when you're doing it for the will of God. When you think about the consequences of your sin. Very much so. Yeah, when you think about the consequences of your sin, oh, it's 10,000 times worse as far as the pain that is caused by your own sin. Oh, yeah. You can never take it back. People are always
1: going to struggle with being bitter at you. Zach was on to something, it's also back to the whole theme Paul had in Romans, and Dad as well, Romans 2 through 6, but also 7 and 8, Zach, because... Paul brings in this picture of the battle of the flesh, right, in Romans 7, and then he gets to Romans yeah. 8 and says, but look, we've been freed from this because of the Spirit. There is now no condemnation. Exactly, because now the will of – how do we understand the will of God? By the Spirit of God. Yep. So that's the difference maker. That's why that Peter makes sure and includes the ascension – of Jesus after the resurrection, because we, Zach, right. we made this point at the end of the last podcast. He includes the ascension because that was the point in time which the spirit was then poured out for all of humanity to live in us. How are we going to understand the will of God? Romans 12, 1. Because now the Spirit lives in us. So that's us, spiritual
0: activity. Everything else is submitting to Him. You have to also. That's right. That's what He's saying.
1: So the only way we can live, even though we are still in this life and we commit sin, is if the Spirit of God leads us and as we're sanctified in Him.
0: And it's a case of, of, uh, of uh, protection. Which, In it, other words, He has suffered in His body and is done with sin. Arm yourselves. It's like armor. That sounds like to the Ephesians. Arm yourselves with the same attitude. Yeah, which is why I said, Zach, I spent
2: 15 minutes last podcast talking about that first word, therefore. Because if you don't have that therefore, Jesus at the right hand of God, uh, the resurrection, him dying for sins once and for all, well, then you're not going to accomplish this. You're only... That that is a very important word, and, oh, yeah. and I made a big deal about that because that is the basis for. I mean, unfortunately, they they like made it a new chapter, but right, it it is that has to be connected to that. Sure, you're, you're never going to be willing to look at suffering, and he's not saying, "Oh, you need to jump up and down every time you're in pain." No, but you refine joy in it because you realize you're participating, you're partnering with jesus
1: and who he is and what he did right it still doesn't feel good right that's exactly right and that becomes part of the process and and, in every step of the way as we kind of wind up our our podcast here and get ready for overtime every step of the way he takes us back to christ his suffering and his example you notice that every every, time every segment that he's talked about the idea cosmic
0: it's a cosmic attitude that's it. Oh, yeah.
1: and, and every time we talked about this idea of submission and suffering, we go back to Jesus. Yep. Every time, over yep. and over again. Now yep. we're talking about lifestyle. So yep. we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about this in our overtime segment. If you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, and we're going to discuss this a little bit more. So uh, follow us over, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes.